0: welcome to metro charities podcast series on equalities i am emma jones head of insight at metro which gives me the privilege of delving deeper into all the work we do and chatting to colleagues across the charity who deliver services in hiv support mental health and well-being youth work sexual and reproductive health and a range of community-based projects. In this series of interviews for Black History Month 2021 we will be reflecting on race equality and equity and what it means to us as a charity. Metro champions equality is part of our central mission. This concept and its practice is pivotal to the services we provide and supporting people who have protected characteristics recognised in the Equality Act legislation. In this podcast series, staff who are Black, Asian, or from another ethnic minority group will discuss their personal heritage and identity, and how it intersects with the work they do at Metro to promote equality and diversity. Please join us in reflecting on the progress and barriers to race equality and equity as we celebrate Black History Month. My
1: name is Fina, Fina Ikeiji, I'm the Parenting Supports a Service Manager at Metro. I am honoured to be interviewing Gwen Bryan, who is our Chair of Trustees as part of the Equalities podcast series on Black History Month. Gwen is using an electronic voice. And so here we go. I'm going to start with asking you this question. Where did you grow up?
2: I grew up in the Midlands in rugby.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Awesome! Great!
2: Great! Great!
1: And and how was it? How was it for you growing up? What what was your experience growing up like?
2: Um, I came. I'm part of the Windrush generation. I am the first generation of the family to moved to England in the sixties. So racism was our everyday experience. I am a very creative child. I remember my next-door neighbour hated out of black people living next door to him, but every summer he would go out and some So I, being my mysterious self, said to him, um, you know, if you stay outside long enough, You'll get a color like me. <laughs> After that, please stop going out in the sun. <laughs> My parents didn't appreciate that, of
1: course. <laughs> oh, that is so that is so yeah, very very creative, I must say. Very creative. And should I add the word mischievous a little bit in that? <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. And he would never forget that. <laughs> he would never forget that.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, bless. <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. No, that's really good. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing that. That's good. And, and following from that, where you, and, and, and you, you did mention is that you were aware of your of, of race in terms of your identity from that early age. What difference do you think it made for you in terms of your your in terms of your identity and your mindset? what What do you think it did for you?
2: I think I learned I didn't belong, I didn't fit in. I was told regularly I didn't be here, and I needed to go home. and that was kids in the playground, kids on the streets, adults on the streets. In. the pubs used to have a sign saying no dogs, no plants, no Irish." So you grew up knowing this wasn't your country, your home. And for my siblings, they were born here. So they didn't know anywhere else I came here when I was four. So I was still quite young but I knew I was different
1: yes yes
2: I think that in some ways made me stronger it made me rebellious yes yes and it's genius and it gave me a confidence into to challenge discrimination
1: totally that's exactly what I was going to even follow up from there that how did you how were you able to overcome the stigma that was actually placed on you as 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 that yes
2: i think number one having a faith we grew up church, and knowing how god saw me meant that what people said about me wasn't that important i was more late as a child and I had to learn to manage myself and be confident in me and not be worried about what other people think about me. I was a sickly child, so I was in and out of hospital, education, and all of that I was left behind. I started reading and writing at 14 which is massively, massively light. And I go.
1: Oh, this is so, it's so inspiring already because you know, you know something I've picked up from what you've shared now, that yes, even though there was all that negativity, you still found a way to rise up. You still found a way to get the strength and the confidence needed to be able to navigate navigate life and, and that's amazing and that's a, that's a testament really that is a testament that's i've got goosebumps that's that's really really beautiful and I'm, I'm so glad you shared that because because it also goes to show that we can rise above obstacles and you're you're a living witness to that
2: i think the biggest challenge in terms of rising above is that happened in Deptford, of a group of black young people who were having a party. They, we all grew up together in rugby, so I knew all of them. And knowing that our lives didn't matter, I could have been at that party and I wouldn't be here. Lots of my friends and their families had tremendous amount of loss and pain. And I felt that because we were all in school, my siblings, them and me. And so knowing that nothing still has been done about that death, and knowing that their lives did not matter, at that time, and still doesn't matter now, made my sense of who I am, kind of, question, but recognising that actually I am somebody, and you can't take that away from me.
1: Totally, totally. So when 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 we hear the words like black black lives matter, there's a deeper meaning to that for you. There's a lived experience in that in that phrase for you. Definitely. Wow. Wow. Thanks, thanks for sharing this. This is, is, is amazing. And and I also want to, where I want to go now is we've talked about your, you know, the, the, the beginnings for you. And I want to now take it into your career path. How did your career path develop from all this?
2: As a child and a young person, I loved working with young people. And my passion, it was working with and working with and supporting young people. So I had no qualifications in school. I moved around. I left over 15 and moved around a lot, um, when I settled in London, did some youth work, went to college and got to two O-levels, then went on to a social work training programme I became a qualified social worker to work in formation. I never ended up going into probation. I went into children and families, social work, and uh, I've been there all the way through. I did the whole journey of social worker, manager, service manager, child protection conference chairs, and then auditor. And now, I teach large work students.
1: Amazing. 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 I, I, love, I love that part. And it goes to show as well, one of the things I've just picked up from what you're saying, it goes to show that there's not just one path to get to where you need to get to in life. There are different, there are different ways to get to where you want to get to. And you following that way is, is such a big testament.
2: After I did my social work qualification, I did my degree. I did a master's in criminology, and two years ago, I completed an MSc in psychology and coaching psychology.
1: Wow! Wow! I
2: took that to learn.
1: Wow! I know the audience can't see me, but I'm I'm clapping here. I'm clapping like, wow! And you know what I love about this. Because I've always had that desire for, I, I want young people to see that there are different ways to get to where we want to go to. And you're an example. You're a role model out there showing us that there are different ways to get to where we want to get to. This, this it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, wow, congratulations. And thank you for sharing that. From From that question, I also want to then go into the the, the work of governance and this strategic work that you that you you are on at the moment you know representing being a chair you know um um a chair of trustee um for metro in your governance work and stuff how what wh- how what's 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 your role what's what what do you bring to the table from with the background that you've got I
2: started out. I was a, a chair, when I worked for Metro PBT, Body Clown Metro PBT, I was part of the board of trustees, and then became vice chair, and then became chair, and the chair became vice chair, we just walked around. <laughs> um, I was passionate about supporting families, with HIV, living with HIV. And that came about because I, as a social worker, I worked in King's College Hospital and a lady came to see us and nobody, none of my colleagues, would talk to her. And so I went, met with her, her child had HIV and was pretty ill in hospital. So, we sat, we talked, I looked at what support I could offer her. I then went into hospital for two weeks. When I went back to work, she came searching for me to tell me the baby had died. And she didn't feel able to tell any of my colleagues. She hadn't even seen her baby. So, I went with her to see the baby for her to say goodbye and to make all the arrangements. But that grieved me to my core that nobody should have to live with such a secret and not being able to tell somebody. And especially me as a professional. So, joining Ventura, joining VBC then, that allowed me to work with and ensure families had that kind of support we then merged with Metro and I was one of two black members of the board of trustees again yeah, the other person was from Metro and our passion was to ensure that the voices of everybody was heard from Metro and Having a disability, I didn't want to include the disabled in that mix. Um, Since then, I I came as trustee as vice chair. I then became chair of trustees and I'm still passionate about inclusion. I'm passionate about ensuring everybody has a voice. And the voice doesn't have to be spoken. But people need to be heard, encouraged, supported, and empowered. I out of that, I am now one of two black trustees in Metro. I would like to see that grow. However, I'm still passionate for both the plant members of Metro, most of whom are still BPC, Metro PPC teams, but to see young people rise up and recognize that actually difference is okay, whether it's difference from race, gender, sexuality, disability, everything is all in the mix. We all bring lots of skills and knowledge to the table. I come with my social background, my leadership skills, my ability to engage, my love of fun, my serious character, as well as just knowing that allows people to know that they feel And And that's and that's and
1: that's and that's the key, isn't it? That is the key for everyone to feel included, for 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 the word equality to real to be real to be a reality. Because sometimes we you know the world we can be good with just talking about equality, but it's in the practicing, showing it in real life. Making sure that people can be included, and and that's what that's what we're seeing, and that's what we that's what we want to see more of. Um, so that's really really um um great. In in what ways? So following from that, in what ways um do you feel that race equality should then feature in various services that we have? How what in what ways can you can you see that?
2: I think. I think saturn's repose is Black service users don't access these kind of services they view it as or white people they view it as or everybody but themselves and I'd say Black people I include Asian, Chinese they don't see it as a global service and I want us to be more proactive in encouraging those services groups to feel they have a home here. I would love to see our leadership team reflect the community in some way they does already, but I'd like to see more of that. I would like to see our staff team equally be much
1: more reflective of the community we work with Awesome. and that's that's a that's a valid val- valid valid vision that you've got that's a valid vision because we have a lot of serv- we have a diversity on service users and you want to see that being reflected um, so, so that's really really important What is one advice that you would give even just generally corporations in general? Cause it's very easy for this is Black History Month. It's very easy for 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 companies and organizations to say, okay, yes, you know, we're doing this for Black History Month. What what, what advice would you tell corporations to really show that they are they, they are serious about this, that this is something that means a lot to them? How can they show the world that this is something that means a lot to them?
2: I would say missing out on such talent and skill by having your black workers down at the bottom and not recognising and building those talents and those skills. You're missing out so much. Black History Month is one month. It's important to share our history. but it doesn't end there. My story doesn't end this month. Exactly. It goes on and on and on. And if you're serious about addressing inequalities in your company, whether it's black issues, race issues, disability issues, do the work. Recognize the talent within your organization. Bring in the talent from outside our universities are full of black talented young people who would add enrichment to your companies, try them out.
1: Awesome, awesome. Do the work, bring in the talents, do the work, bring in the talents.
2: And I would say to our young people and our black colleagues, my black colleagues, Listen, no matter what age you are, have a goal and aspiration and go on that journey. Seek out the doors that will open, and if they won't open, open your own.
1: That's good. And then also, finally, I want to just ask that in one or two words, what does race equity and equality mean to you?
2: If they both mean who I am. Equality means not just equal access, as in, I should be treated the same as anybody else, uh, but also the platforms should be the same, which is where equitability comes in. I am a disabled black woman who has an electronic voice. That doesn't mean I should be silent sitting in the background. It means my voice should be heard just as much as everybody else. So I'm passionate about let's make things equal and equitable so we can all be included.
1: Wow, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Oh, this has, been, this has been rich. This has been inspiring. Oh, it's given me even a bigger vision, even for myself and for generations to come. And it's so important that everyone gets to listen to this because this, this has been so inspiring and, uh, yeah, and such a wonderful advice as well. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for showing up and for being
2: here. Thank you. Thank you so much
0: Thanks for listening to Metro's podcast on Equalities. Please join us to continue the conversation online by following us at Metro Charity on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to our podcast series on your preferred app. And to find out more about our services, please visit our website metrocharity.org.uk Thank you